0: Tonight's episode of Tattered Tales, The Nightmare Duel, brings us the story of a Western bounty hunter coming across a villain. And now, sit back, relax, and be carried off and enjoy the show.
1: Hey, I'm wondering if you can help me. I seem to find myself in quite a mess here. Truthfully, I... Well, I'm not sure whether I'm lost, trapped, or being held captive. Probably be easier to explain if I was certain of which one. Now, I don't wanna leave you out nor do I have time to yarn away for too long. Still, it's probably best if I start from the beginning. I was riding through northern Wyoming to a small settlement that is little more than a bone orchard. For whatever reason, the town dried up before ever getting a proper name. A few folks that still live there refer to is still bend. I rode in about an hour after dawn. A few folks on the street leered at me as I surveyed the town. Look at her. No doubt marveling at how improper I look. If a woman not riding side saddle wasn't strange enough, the fact that I had the gall to wear what they perceived to be men's clothing really caused a stir with these ten-cent men. If the town was left dying on my last visit, now it looked like crow bait. Besides for the handful of people poking around, the only signs of life that I could see was coming from the half-dilapidated saloon at the center of Main Street. Music pouring out of that place was in stark contrast to the decaying ruins of this once booming prospecting camp. I tried to pay it no mind as I walked over to the who's Well, what in the... When I got to the board, there wasn't a single bounty posted. Normally, that would be all she wrote, but... I figured I'd better step in and see, just in case. What? Huh. Oh, I was fit to be tied. The place was deserted. There wasn't a sheriff, deputy, or jailbird in sight. Oh, hell! From the looks of it, the law left this town to the wolves. I can't say I was too surprised, but problem was no law meant no lawbreakers and no lawbreakers meant no bounties. Suddenly I found myself in a real predicament. I needed to find some paying work before I ended up like the rest of the coffee boilers around these parts. I decided to trot over to the saloon. It seemed to me that if there were any work to be found, it would be there. I about swallowed my heart when I saw the saloon was about as dead as the rest of the town. Took all I had not to air out my lungs right then and there, although that could bring the type of attention that would make an already queer sight such as myself unemployable amongst this lot. I noticed the bartender staring at me. He gave me a short nod. I returned the gesture and headed over to the bar. Howdy. Whiskey? Just an Adams ale. Thanks. I couldn't help but notice y'all ain't got any bounties posted. Well, Missy, I
0: suppose that's because no one's been tending that post for a few months now. Sheriff Brown cleared out the place with his two girls. Then the three of them got a wiggle on out of here. Right around the time the troubles began...
1: Before I could inquire as to what new thing could have happened that would still be considered troubles compared to what has already come to pass here, we were interrupted by a familiar voice.
2: Now do my eyes deceive me, or is that there Jenny Lang roosting at my bar?
1: It was Cheryl Lamont, a working girl I met a few years back while in the midst of a manhunt in the surrounding area. Her story was sad, but not uncommon for women in her position. Poor girl was widowed young, forced to dance the cooch to keep food in her belly. Like you might expect, one thing led to the other, and soon young Cheryl found herself a permanent resident of the McShane Saloon. Hey there, Cheryl. It is you! My dear girl, it's been too long. What brings you
2: to this godforsaken place?
1: Just making my way across the state, picking up work as I go. Usual. Unfortunately, your barkeep here has just informed me that Steelben's well has gone dry, so to speak. Ain't that the truth?
0: It's a shame, really.
1: Well, if the whole thing is a bust, why are you two still here? Craps, Jen. Where would I go? Wherever you want. Cheryl just looked at me a little sadly and shrugged. She would never leave. For the same reason she stayed after her husband died. The girl is rooted. For better or worse. I gave her a solemn nod of recognition. No need to make her say it out loud. I let her off the hook and turned my attention back to the barkeep. What about you? What's your excuse for not turning tail? The man threw up his arms and started gesturing around the saloon.
0: You're standing in it. This place is all I have to my name. If I could pop out every board and pick up every stone and take it with me down yonder, I'd done it years ago. Anyone with the means to leave already has. No. I'm afraid the town's fate will be our fate. We're all stuck. Like a hair in the butter.
2: We're damned is what we are. Have you told her about the troubles yet?
0: Just about, too. Before you came down here with that five-dollar grin of yours.
1: All right. Enough is enough. Will you two stop wobbling your jaws and get to it? What exactly are these troubles?
2: Not what? Who?
1: The man in black.
2: He ain't no man.
0: Cheryl here thinks we got ourselves a genuine devil. But I reckon you and I know better. He's a man, all right. Wicked, nonetheless.
2: He's been coming around for a while now. Always at night, always alone. At first, we paid him no mind. It's not entirely uncommon for folks to wander in on their way to someplace else.
0: Just as likely he was a waddy. That's what I thought.
2: Mrs. Claiborne was the first to spot his true nature. According to her, the man walked straight into her barn and slaughtered three of her cattle that first night.
1: Folks rustling cattle isn't anything new.
2: You don't understand. He ripped those poor creatures apart.
0: I wasn't there, but I heard the screams. The next morning, I saw the mess. You know, I think he was doing it just for fun.
2: It happened again, and again, just like that, every night.
0: When he ran out of steers, he started coming after us.
1: And you all have been sitting back, watching this happen this whole time?
0: Of course not. Samuel and a few of his boys set up an ambush a few weeks back.
2: Well, I think it's pretty clear how that turned out.
0: The man never enters anyone's home, you understand? If your doors are shut and your windows are closed, he leaves you alone. I guess that's how we've all learned to live with it. With no more livestock around, things have been relatively quiet.
2: Maybe he doesn't barge in, but he'll watch you. Even with everything sealed up tight, I've seen him peering in at me from outside. He'll stand there all night, staring. I think he's the devil come to damn this place for all its wicked greed during the rush.
1: Now, I'm not superstitious, and I doubted very much that there was anything going on. Except maybe a crazy person, pushing his luck in an already bad situation. Still, Cheryl's eyes seemed to speak a truth. My mind couldn't quite wrap itself around yet. So, <clears throat> I'd assume you'd all about sell the shirt off your back to get rid of this trouble. Am I right?
0: Ma'am, if you could somehow rid us of this man, I'll give you 25% stake in the card game we got going here. Ain't much traffic coming through lately. Even so... You're looking at quite a payout, in short measure.
2: I don't know, Shug. Lord knows you're fast with that shooting iron, but I'm not so sure you should crawl his hump.
1: Let me worry about that. You're expecting him tonight? Yes, ma'am. He strolls in around
0: midnight, and I doubt very much that this evening will be the exception.
1: Well, let's not hang fire, then. I set up shop on the stoop of the sheriff's station. I've done this kind of thing dozens of times, but Cheryl's take on this man had me spooked. I feel a lot better once this job was done, like the man in black was in tune to my silent wish. He suddenly appeared on the horizon. The dark figure was backlit by the full moon. He moved with intent, walking straight with a steady pace. He stared forward as he moved, not distracted by any of his surroundings, just strolling ever forward towards Main Street. Soon, he was right in front of me. Cheryl was truthful about one thing. There was something dark about this man. Whether he didn't notice me or chose to ignore it, he passed by the sheriff's station without even looking over. I let him go a few paces before I noticed he was headed for my horse, hitched up just past the old hotel. Realizing if I didn't intervene, this man would happily make a meal of the poor animal, I got up and headed into the street to meet him. Hey there, stranger. I don't think we met. The two of us faced off about 20 paces from each other. The shadows must have been playing tricks because his eyes looked black as oil. He never actually acknowledged my words, nor did he respond to them. At least not in the way you'd expect a man to react. No. This was more like the gaze of a bobcat staring down its next meal. Before I knew it, he dug for his cannon. He let that lead plum fly. He was fast. Normal gal would find herself pushing daisies after a shot like that. (laughs) Luckily, I ain't your normal gal. I managed to dodge to the left just in time to save my life. Fortunately, not my skin. That blue whistler grazed my neck as it flew by. I lost a little bit of blood, but it wasn't deep enough to strike anything vital. I pulled my six-shooter as fast as my hands and my heart would let me and I fired. My aim was true. The bullet soared straight and landed right between the man in black's eyes. And I knew he was dead straight off, but it was as if his body refused to accept it. He stood there, swaying for a moment. Small river of smoke escaped from the bullet hole and dissipated into the air before his lifeless shell finally collapsed. Ha! so much for the devil I headed over to him when suddenly his body began to have a fit. He was shaking something fierce, convulsing. His back violently arched to the point where he practically threw himself into the air. That's when I noticed dark blood beginning to bubble up his throat out of his mouth. No, wait, It, it wasn't blood. It was the same color I thought I saw in the man's eyes. A pure, black, oily tone. Yeah. Oil, that's a good way to describe it. Finally, his body stopped wiggling around, but the oil just kept coming. Soon it was dripping out of his nostrils, his ears, and of course the newly mine hole in his head. Cooled around him, accumulating in value. Soon the puddle was larger than a normal human body could possibly hold, and then the strangest thing happened. The oil began to float. Soon, in a matter of seconds, all of the oil joined, the accumulating mass suspended above the ground. It continued to wiggle around as a liquid not bound by earthly laws. I just stared in awe. I mean, what would you do? About a split second before I snapped out of it and headed for the hills. The oil, the entity, did the same. Like a bat out of hell, it flew off, continuing to stay no more than five feet off the ground as it traveled. I was so surprised I actually let it pass me before I was able to react. Took me just a moment, but then my feet were moving lickety-split in the opposite direction towards my horse. I just happened to look down at the man in black's body as I passed. The expression on his face looked somehow unburdened, more human. I don't know who you were, but I'll get the thing that corrupted you and used you like nothing more than a puppet on a string. Oh, yes, I will. It's gonna be a hard killing time. Yeah. I chased the nightmarish blob for a while before it finally took a hard right into the forest. I was on its tail practically the whole time, dodging trees as I went. Somehow I lost the entity after I followed it into a clearing. A few deer became spooked by my sudden appearance and ran off into the woods from the other side of a small pond. I slowed my breathing as best I could and just sat there for a while, waiting, listening, searching with my eyes, even though the task was futile. You Can't follow the trail of something that doesn't touch the ground. Suddenly, there was a loud, horrifying death cry coming from just beyond the tree line across the pond. It was a deer, no doubt. Any child who has bagged his first buck could describe that sound to you. That terrible, heartbreaking sound that both fills your heart with sorrow while simultaneously making your stomach rumble. Just a moment after the deer stopped screaming, it came walking out of the woods. As it moved slowly into the moonlight, I got the briefest glimpse of the black oil entering the deer through its eyes. Its eyes went completely black. The entity had taken control. I slowly reached for the knife I had strapped to my ankle, trying my best to get it before the beast charge. As it happened, we both moved just about the same time. Ha! It was on top of me before I could do much of anything. I managed to avoid the antlers, but I still ended up on the ground. A second later and I was being viciously trampled on by the hooves of this possessed animal. I was under it now, moments away from my own death. But luckily for me, the fates were on my side. With all my might, I tried to force my knife into the beast's heart, not knowing for sure if it would do a lick of good. This thing's last vessel was taken down by a bullet.
2: So it stands to reason my knife
1: could take care of the job. I got to my feet as the deer staggered away from me. I watched in disbelief as it briefly wagged its snout, as if shaking off an insignificant knock on the head. Then, it turned its attention back on me. I got into a better stance in anticipation of the next attack. This time, The entity got the better of me. It struck me like a freight train. The deer's antlers pierced both my shoulders and lifted me off my feet. Instead of throwing me to the side, the deer continued to run forward before leaping into the air and diving straight down into the small pond. It's kind of hard to explain what happened next. As the entity dragged me deeper and deeper below the water, it almost seemed as though the pond was bottomless. Then, it was as if the entire world was turning on its axis. Suddenly, instead of going deeper, it was as if I was re-emerging from a different pool on the other side. (gasps) (coughs) Luckily, Somewhere along the line, I managed to detach myself from the deer's antlers. After we both reached the surface of the water, we independently swam to the opposite sides of the pond shore. I was somewhere else now. I've never seen a place so dark. This was hell. The Bible has been lying to folks because there was not a fire in sight quickly regained my composure, and turned to see my enemy. The deer was lying dead on the shore, just on the other side of the pond. Good riddance! I dragged my waterlogged and my bleeding body to a sitting position, began to survey my new surroundings. I was still in a forest, only this one was different. The trees surrounding the pond all seemed to be of equal diameter paired together like an endless sea of identical twin plants. There was no bark as far as I could tell. In fact, the surfaces of their trunks appeared to look more like thick rubber posts than anything else. I turned my head up to examine the branches only to find that all of the trees disappeared into the darkness above. It was only possible for me to see maybe ten feet up before the endless sea of black. At that moment, it became painfully apparent that there were no stars in the night sky, nor was the moon anywhere to be found. The sound of the deer convulsing just like the men in black drew my attention away from the sky. If this thing was still looking for a fight, I was in trouble. It would be a miracle if I could even get to my feet. Like before, the black oil began oozing out of the deer's corpse. Only this time, instead of forming a floating, shapeless blob, the entity took on a humanoid, anthropomorphic shape. Once its metamorphosis was complete, a featureless, jet-black entity stood on the other side of the pond in full defiance of God and nature. Ah! I drew my knife in preparation of the Entity's final attack. It didn't move. If the thing had eyes, I would say it was staring at me. Although, who knows? I was tired, I was bloody, but I wasn't beaten yet. Well, what are you waiting for? Get it over with already! Despite not having a mouth, the thing began to laugh. Then, as if in a nightmare, the entity started to grow. He rose into the air, higher and higher, while his limbs and his waist increased in diameter. It wasn't long before I could no longer see above the entity's midsection. His top half disappeared into the darkness, just like the tops of the trees surrounding us. (gasps) The trees! I frantically studied the forest around me. To my horror, the true depth of my bad box was revealed. Oh my god! They're legs! They're all legs! As if the devil himself meant to confirm my nightmare. A large flash of green lightning above illuminated the giant silhouettes of all the entities surrounding me. I was nothing! but an ant looking up at Legion. All I could do was scream, one by one, in short succession. All of the massive creatures around me bent over. It was impossible to tell what was darkness and what was them as I was soon engulfed in the oily liquid. Oh, Jesus, Cheryl, I'm sorry. I should have listened to you. I followed my pride all the way into hell. And now, it seems as though my tail had its end. Then, there was silence. When I next opened my eyes, I was here, wherever here is. If a place could look like no place, that's where I am. I'm not really standing, I'm not really floating. My surroundings could best be described as a void, although it's not black or filled with light. Truthfully, not sure words exist that would be able to accurately describe the true absence of everything. I guess none of that really matters. Now, please, Cheryl, if you're out there, if you can, if you can somehow hear me, I need you, please. I'm I'm afraid.
2: I never did see my friend Jenny again. Not after that night. Not the real Jenny anyway. At least I will never forget her. Her face stares back at me from the street every night. The same sweet smile with her new black eyes. <sighs> I told you, we're damned.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Tattered Tales The Nightmare Duel. Written by Joe Wakefield. Narrated by Lily Fisher. Barkeeper played by Jesse Lee Pacheco. Cheryl played by Sarah Marquis. Music by Darren Curtis. Sound by Luke Fisher. Produced by Lizzie Wakefield. Executive producer Rick Lug. Special thanks to Savannah Mares. This episode of Tattered Tales was recorded at Nagano Press Studios. Presented by Nagano Press Studios. Thank you for listening to this week's Tattered Tales, The Nightmare Duel. If you'd like to follow the Tattered Tales team, you could follow Joe Wakefield at Spooky Joe on Instagram or Spooky Joe W on Twitter.